We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, the man behind the legend that is NinersNation.com, KP Kyle Posey. Oh, how are you doing, man? Did you get enough like football for the day? Yeah, man. Uh, we find the did the 49ers were they find? Did they lose any draft picks? You would have thought they lost some draft picks because they didn't announce their roster. Because they one. took too long to announce their fifty-three man <laughs> roster. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't actual football, but it was everybody just constantly hanging. And now, now again, let me let me not downplay it. Obviously, the fifty-three man roster it's a huge deal. It's also a horrible day for a lot of players. Right. Uh, it's a great day for a lot of players because they don't get that phone call. They make the team. You know, it's it's just a very interesting day. And, you know, the worst part about today are the guys that made the squad today, but then the team picks somebody up from another squad, and then they still get that phone call. So shout After out to celebrating guys. today. Yeah, it's almost like the like it's the football version of is it better to have loved and lost or Ooh. to never have loved at all? <laughs> you know, like they get excited and then they get the call. But so, like you said, contrary to everybody's – just absolutely freaking out over how long it took the 49ers to release their 53-man roster. They did. They did do it. They they did release it, and it's there now. Now you have it, and nobody knows what to do with it. They're like, they wanted it so bad, and now it's here. <laughs> Problem solved. Okay. So, yeah, there are some prizes, man. Let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah, let's just roll right through the roster. Uh, we're going to start where you think we're going to start with one Jimmy Garoppolo and one Trey Lance. And thank – Effing goodness, they finally <laughs> just stepped up and kept two quarterbacks. What do you think about that, KP? Who convinced him to do this? That's what we have to talk Obviously, about. Obviously, KP and Rob Lauder from Striking Gold. There we go. Love it. So there's just way too many good players on the roster to keep three quarterbacks. It 
should be that simple. It was always that simple. Um, again, they could call up Nate Subfield with the way the practice squad rules work. So if that's how they're planning on doing this, then they handled this perfectly. So I'm just glad we don't have to worry about uh, arguing. Why isn't Kevin Givens on the freaking team? Why isn't Arden Key on the freaking team for Nate Sudfield? Don't have to worry about that at all. So kudos to you, 49ers, for doing the right thing by keeping two QBs. I, honestly, I was worried once uh, once that Trey Lance injury happened, which we should maybe talk about as well, for those that don't know, uh, for those that have been living under a rock for the last 48 hours. Trey Lance has a chip in his finger. It is his thumb, even though Kyle Shannon will not admit it. Um, He's got and, a thumb thing. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> so that's going to keep him out of practice for a week. But they said that there's not really a concern. Shannon said that it wasn't his finger wasn't really bothering him. Based on keeping two quarterbacks, I think that's them telling us that's true. So nothing to worry about there. But do you think, based on only keeping two quarterbacks, we will still see a little bit of a rotation? Or are they going to dial it back? I do think the rotation will be dialed back compared to what we saw against the Raiders, but I do think we still see a rotation for sure. You know, like I, I think that's happening for sure. I don't think it's necessarily going to be like the two or three plays at a time, two, three, four rotate type of stuff we saw against the Raiders, but I think it's going to happen. And I thought the exact same thing do. I was like, uh, two, I was like, Nate, uh, Trey Lance has the smallest bone chip on his finger could have even been a hair that fell onto the x-ray machine and they're like oh look there's a line there it's a chip like the smallest little thing and they're like nope we got to keep Sudfield now let let yeah. michael hasty go and oh, everybody God. that would have been all everybody talked about is you're keeping nate sudfield over a guy that just ran for nine yards a carry you know and it would have been so bad it would have been so bad but preseason rushing champ baby but we're here and they didn't we're here. we got two quarterbacks which leads us to I mean I guess I mean is there anything more to say about the quarterbacks that we have no that we don't have to because we're going to talk about them a lot moving forward so they the team did the right thing by keeping two and I think we can leave it at that yeah I agree and and it's not like they're stuck at two and they need to keep two for the entire rest of the year they just have two and if something were to happen Nate Sudfield could get called up or they could just sign somebody off the street as they would say and do their thing but if that's happening then the concern is not that they have two only had two quarterbacks it's that they're not going to win any more football games so that's you know we don't need to worry about that so let's jump to running backs I wouldn't say necessarily any surprises here because we knew a decision was probably going to come down to Jamichael Hasty and Wayne Gallman and so they did keep Raheem Mostert surprised. Whoa. They, you know, they did decide to hold on to what could arguably be the fastest player in the NFL after that performance. I know, man. I don't understand how you do that. Shout out to Raheem, love you, bro. Um, Trey Sermon is still on the roster. Okay, Trey Sermon, third round running back. And then we, I was happy to see them keep Elijah Mitchell because I like what he brings to the table just as a back. But it seems like he's got a little bit of a knack for some special teams. We got Jamichael Hasty, and then of course. One Kyle Juice use check. Juice so, man. and uh, the big cut there is Josh Hokett. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are they going to do now that they only have one All Pro fullback? Can't believe it. But yeah, obviously the, the the glare there is that they cut Wayne Gallman, who I was excited for when they signed. I was excited with everything I saw from him during training camp, and I was excited for what I saw from him during 
the preseason. So, but you know, that something had to give there. And I do believe that Jamichael Hasty earned that spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what it, something has, it's just one of those things, you know, both guys kind of earned their place on the roster, but the team couldn't keep afford to keep six running backs or six running backs and a fullback. So, I mean, what do you think, man? Yeah, that's just not real life. And I think Gallman just <laughs> fell victim to circumstance because you are you had two rookies. Sermon was going to make the roster, even if he looked terrible. They were going to let him be on the roster. That just makes sense. Elijah Mitchell, even though he was banged up for a long time, I think that they realized, well, first of all, the 49ers love speed. So they roll with the explosive play guy. He does have the kick return value, like you mentioned. We saw that a little bit against the Raiders. A 45-yarder popped one out. And we're just going with the high upside. The guy with Jamichael Hasty, who I think he was one of the he it was either first, second, or third in preseason rushing, which really matters. But it tells you that <laughs> he's a guy again who's just explosive. So they're going with a guy who's high upside. And I think this was more about who has a better chance of clearing waivers if it does come to that. Is it going to be Wayne Gallman, who's not really a journeyman, but a guy who is going to get you what's blocked? And that was my that was what I thought when he was with. Uh, when he played last year with the Giants, even in his big game against the Seahawks that everybody always points to, he was just getting what was blocked for him. Whereas Hasty, as we saw during the preseason, he's a little jitterbug, man. He can make you miss. And he's going to take those four, five, six-yard carries that Goldman was taking, and he's going to pop it out of the other end. And as we saw on Sunday, he's going to take one to the house every now and then. So I think they made the right decision. It's tough just because Gallman, he was so good in pass pro. I do think it's a vote of confidence for Trey Sermon. And I I think what we need to talk about is which one of these guys is going to be the third down back. I think it's going to be Sermon. I think, uh, you know, big guys, so they're going to trust him in pass pro. Because I know Mostert is your boy, but that's not like if we're talking about one weakness in his, in his game, it's got to be, you know, pass blocking. And then, of course, the Ricky Mitchell – and Hasty's never really been that guy. So it's going to be Sermon in my mind. But, I mean, again, there are a lot of talented dudes, a lot of speed, a lot of good mix in this backfield. And if all else fails, and I remember asking Shanahan this a couple weeks ago, uh, like, why not just put Juice back there, man? Because That's what I was just going to say. He, uh, during the Chargers joint practices, when they did their little one-on-one blocking drills with the linebackers, he looked like a lineman. Like, the linebackers had no chance against him. It was pretty hilarious, actually. And even um, – as a receiver, like he can get out and catch the ball. He catches the ball really well. And I think it was against uh, in the second preseason game he had. You saw it on second down where he just kind of got out of the backfield, caught the ball six yards. It doesn't have to be explosive plays all the time. So um, if all of the running backs fail, you have number 44 as a solid fallback option. Yeah, I mean, I, any one of those guys, I guess the the pushback on juice for maybe from Kyle is just the speed factor, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you're looking at third down, you just want to convert. Like, you're not necessarily as concerned about breaking a big play or setting something up as you are. It's just making sure that you move the sticks and keep them going. So, uh, to me, like, Kyle Ushek seems better suited for that job than any of the running backs. But That would um, be my choice, too. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And he's still somebody that you have to respect as a playmaker because he can run routes like a tight end and he could block like an offensive lineman. So I don't have any, I don't have any complaints there. I don't know which of those running backs is the best blocker though. I really like from the true running backs. I'm not sure. I'm really just, it's not something I've, 
I've studied, I guess you could say. Um, it could be a trial by error thing, too. Yeah, right, right. Tight end, uh, not really any surprises. Uh, a little thin. You know, I think the 49ers have normally kept three tight ends. This year they only – or excuse me, four. This year they only kept three. And George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, and Charlie Warner. Uh, they're the three you thought they were going to keep if they could only keep three. And they released Jordan Matthews and Michael Pruitt. I mean – any surprises there? Anything to anything of interest? I'm assuming Jordan Matthews might be a guy. Maybe even Man and Michael Pruitt are both guys that they would like to bring back for the old squad. Did we figure? Is it is it Michael? Like, do you just say that? I mean, I'm just I, saying. I don't it, know. I'm just wondering. I'm just saying it so fast. I mean, if you say <laughs> Michael fast, True. you're gonna yeah. get Michael. So, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, don't I think know. with how the roster is constructed. You have to light at certain positions and quarterback and tight end. If, like if you were narrowing it down, those are the two that you would probably go light at. So uh, I commend them for, again, making the right decision because Jordan, Jordan Matthews, he really didn't look too great when he was asked to block, when he was asked to play actual tight end and even getting downfield or just getting open. It didn't look like he was a guy that you can count on on the field. Honestly, Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly were much better than him. And, I understand why they kept three. So, yeah, I don't think we have to waste much time on these guys. I think Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner can both play special teams. Uh, if, if that's what you're worried about, if you're worried about not having enough bodies there to, you know, run and cover kicks. So um, not too much of an issue here. Uh, no. We'll, we'll just just hopefully one of these two can, you know, take a load off George Kittle every now and then so he doesn't have to pay, play all the snaps and he's still fresh throughout the season. Well, and, and I heard – you know, and obviously 49ers players were talking good about him too, but Ross, Ross, Ross Dwelly seemed like a a decent factor throughout training camp as far as his development and actually turning into somebody that's, that they want to throw the ball to and get involved. So hopefully that is what you're talking about and the fact that if they want to spell George Kittle, Ross Dwelly is somebody they could put out there to at least do something. He's only 26. He feels like he's been with the 49ers for like 10 years. <laughs> he's, he's only 26 years old. So, um, no, I, I agree with that, by the way. He was – he looks comfortable, and I think he has a good rapport with Jimmy G too. So, um, that that is definitely something to keep an eye on if, you know, they need to give Kittle a bluff. So, we move on to receivers. We Leading the pack, we have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel uh, making the roster. Kind of how, you know, obviously he earned his spot, but he did so well that it, that it seemed like a guarantee in Trent Sherfield. Muhammad Sanu – Jalen Hurd finally gets himself on the active roster, finally gets to maybe catch a pass in an NFL game. And then we have uh, same thing can be said for Juwan Jennings. Um, decent little squad there. Not a lot of speed. I mean, Trent Sherfield's pretty quick. Um, but I don't know, man. What do you think of that squad? What do you, what did you, do you like it? Yeah, I think you can keep three tight ends because you have tight end bodies in Juwan Jennings and Jalen Hurd. So I wonder if that like went that. into some of the thinking. Because uh, those guys are, you know, the big slot guys that you can work that can work over the middle. Uh, I I'd push back on the lack of speed thing. I think uh, Debo Samuel and I you give them plenty of speed. That's true. That's true. I'm that, I, saying that is probably underestimating. At the very least, Brandon Ayuk, who you know ran a pretty quick time while he had an injury, right, and has looked every bit of quick when he's playing the game. So yeah, I, I think I think that's valid. Valid pushback. For me there, KP. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think we have good um, – I think they all complement each other well. 
So yeah, you, you have Mohamed Sanu, who's like your possession underneath guy. I think he's going to be a factor in the red zone, like when it really, really matters. Right, yeah, gonna, right when you said underneath guy, I was like, Mohamed Sanu's probably going to score like six or seven touchdowns. Oh, he's going to be a vulture. Fantasy guys are going to hate him so much because yeah. he's going he's to score the touchdowns that Kittle does. Like I, I guarantee you that's what happens. So um, I think Sherfield's going to be the wide receiver three, and then we're going to see Jennings and Hurd sprinkled in. What? I, so I – think that some people say that her didn't deserve it which is fair just because you know if, if we're just evaluating what happened on the field but again third round pick they're gonna take their investment they're gonna make sure he has every opportunity I imagine they're just hoping that the herd that we saw on Sunday is not the herd that we see um, seven Sundays from now so when it comes to October November when the 49ers are really starting to figure out what they want to do on offense, then Hurd will probably be a big part of the game plan then. So it's going to be, you know, a work in progress for him as he kind of figures out what he can and can do and just kind of plays himself himself back into shape. But honestly, th- these were the clear outside of Hurd. These were clearly the five best wide receivers. And I, I don't think it was particularly close after that. So I have no problem with giving Hurd a shot. Just have to wonder. So Jennings plays special team. Sherfield is also a special team demon. Um, I don't know if Sanu is going to be that guy or not, but I, you're not going to play hurt on special teams, are you? Uh, no. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think they have enough special teams guys to where they don't have to. You know, you got sure if you want to do Sherfield there and Elijah Mitchell, then you probably got a pretty good bet right there. They're two guys that are both pretty thick and strong, and they're both really quick. So and that's what made Raheem so good at special teams was he's he's obviously much bigger than I think a lot of people realize, and He's one of the fastest players in the NFL, so that's why he was just an absolute maniac on special teams. And that's what kept him around, which is awesome because if you think about it, uh, a guy as good as we know Raheem is just grinded it out on special teams and found a way to survive on NFL teams until he just finally got to a situation where enough running backs had gotten hurt that they're like, okay, let's give the ball to Raheem. And then they were like, holy shit. Like, you know, so the whole – Carving out a role on special teams thing, I think, kind of gets thrown out there like it's a throwaway. Like, oh yeah, we'll just keep this guy. But like, it could really be. Oh, it's it real. could save your career. Yeah, it's real. That's what happened. That's how Sherfield was with the 49ers. Like they, Shannon talked about. There was no tape on him. They were kind of hoping that he developed into a wide receiver, and sure enough, he did when he got his opportunity. But yeah, you make a you can make a name for yourself on special teams. Speaking of, Brent, are you? Punt returner. There, you think he's the one? There's nobody else. During the That's preseason, true. it was it was Webster and Travis Benjamin and Richie James and River Craycraft. Those guys are not on the roster anymore. You mean River Craycraft isn't the wide receiver three? <laughs> I saw it being tweeted. Oh, it was definitely a thing, which is unreal. Anyway, um, so Mitchell's going to be the kick returner. I don't know. I doubt that he'd be the punt returner. Honestly, I don't know who else you would put back there besides, um, unless you want them to just fair catch it. But I don't know who else you're going to put back there besides that. Obviously, he gives you the best chance. So that'll be exciting, man. Honestly, out of maybe everything we talk about today, that is going to be one of the most fascinating parts, especially early on in the year, just to see how Brand Ayuk handles it, how he is as a returner. Um, If he's aggressive, if he's – maybe even a little more reckless. I want to see that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see him return puns. Yeah, I agree. Um, offensive line. We got a, l- a little on the on the thinner side. I've seen teams keep nine or ten offensive linemen before. 
the 49ers are hoping, obviously, that they're going to stay relatively healthy. Uh, you have Trent Williams, Lincoln Tomlinson, Allen, or, or let's just let's start this over. Left tackle, Trent Williams, uh, left guard, Lincoln Tomlinson, center, Alex Mack, right guard, Daniel Brunskill, right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. And then you got Jalen Moore, who they kind of drafted to play a guard, but spent a lot of camp playing tackle, which is nice. And you didn't look out of place there either. So, I mean, that might be a nice little find there for a guy that can kind of fill in anywhere. Uh, Aaron Banks, who's currently dealing with an injury. Uh, I think he's probably maybe a couple weeks out or whatever it was. Um, but he's obviously the guy that they hope can compete for that job, along, uh, you know, take it from Brunskill, but we'll see. He hasn't necessarily shown that he's he's the man for that yet. And then you got Tom Compton, the veteran guy who also is pretty versatile. Um, I'm looking at the, the release. No Sean Coleman. Sean Coleman. Yeah, Colton McKivitz is probably the biggest one that got waived. I mean, they just drafted him, what, last – you know, two drafts ago? Yeah, I think it was two years ago. It was a day three pick, but still. Uh, right. Was it, Wait, was he a fifth rounder? Uh-oh. Yeah, is that the first fifth rounder to just crash a Burton? No, I mean, you got Trent Taylor, but um, yeah. So, yeah, they just they just drafted him, and obviously they're letting him go. And I, I he could be a practice squad guy. Uh, you got to remember that they expanded the practice squad to 16 players. Right. And then it, it, anybody can make the practice squad now, right? Yeah, so you can – there's they have a no, certain amount of slots for veterans and a certain amount of slots for yeah. non-vested, right? Correct. So just as far as the offensive line goes, A does feel slim. They have obviously swing tackle, swing guard, and then you know your utility guy who kind of do it all. I think that's why Tom Compton is on the roster, just because he can play multiple positions. Because if we're going based off talent or just based on how they looked in the preseason, like Jake Brindle, who's probably a name nobody knows, but – he looked <laughs> legit at center. Like, he was a guy coming in when Alex Mack wasn't in. He was a guy who was subbing in. And he was even playing with the first team a little bit throughout training camp when Mack wasn't in there. So, um, I was a little bit surprised by that. But, again, you if you only play one position, you limit yourself. And that's probably where, you know, they felt good with Compton being a, a more of a swing guy at tackle or guard as opposed to McKivitz. Um, But, again, Jalen Moore is going to be the next guy in. I think he has a better chance, and this sounds really silly compared to if if you just look at where they were drafted, but I think Jalen Moore has a better chance to take Brunskill's spot than Aaron Banks based on um, just the preseason and what I saw during training camp. Well, you would – I mean, if that's the case, obviously that's a little bit of an indictment on Aaron Banks, who's a second-round pick, second-round rookie. But at the same time, you know, like you just need good players coming in. I don't yeah. give a shit when they're drafted. As long as somebody – is is competing and somebody good's in that spot. Like I don't care if they're a second or a fifth rounder. Obviously, you know you want, you know, valuable assets to be spent on good players. But you know, does anybody care that George Kittle wasn't taken in the second round? Nope, nobody cares. Right, it doesn't just matter that, anymore. Just just find yourself some good players. So hopefully, Jalen Moore pans out like he looks like he's going to pan out. Um, uh, Sean Coleman, who's obviously been on the roster since I think 2017. I think they put they got him relatively early, but I think he's been hurt almost every single year. Um, he's now on IR with I can't remember the injury. I just read it today. Um, dang it, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. So yeah, they, no, tra- uh, they traded for Coleman 18, and I, okay, I do think he's 18 been on. from the Browns, right? Yep, I think he had I. Pretty sure he's been IR'd each year. Right. Dude's no dude knows how to get his money, man. I mean, hey, hey it is what it respect. is. Respect. Yeah, I do. I do. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So speaking of respect, as we step over the ball to the defensive side, a ridiculous defensive line when you see it all laid out on paper. You got, they kept 10 slash 11. Okay, and we'll get to the slash 11. Nick Bosa, D Ford, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Arden Key, Kedden Givens, Contavious Street, Maurice Hurst, and Zach Kerr. Holy shit. When Zach Kerr <laughs> is the last name you're saying, then you've done something right. And and then you have Jordan Willis, who's currently suspended. But as you can see, I'm surprised suspended players are allowed to play in the preseason, by the way. But he was, and he was making plays in the preseason too. So I don't know if they're going to drop somebody else to make room for Willis when he's off his six-game suspension, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but whatever. How I, or, or they just don't keep him. I don't know. But damn, like – he would have Dang. made the roster if he wasn't suspended. I wonder I, – I imagine Street's off or – yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Kerr. Maybe Street. It depends. I guess it depends what who they think um, can play more positions or has the higher upside. But if you just go down the list of names um, outside of the starters, obviously, you're looking at what he did during the preseason and you're like, oh, yeah, he should have made it. Oh, yeah, he should have made it. You can't cut this guy. You can't cut this guy. And then you factor in their age – you factor in how much better they can potentially get. So, like, as hard as we've been on Contavia Street, isn't this, like, the first time he's been healthy through a training camp? I feel like that has to be factored in. If Honestly, I would tell everybody to go watch what Kevin's did, Kevin Givens did against the Raiders. He ate them alive, man. 
And that was probably the first game where he really showed himself, I thought. But he looked like the Kevin Givens that played in the regular season. So um, anybody who called the 49ers asking about Kevin Givens, I would have hung up on them. He is a player for sure. Uh, all these guys, man, they're, they're going to destroy Detroit <laughs> up front. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, Nick Bosa, D Ford, obviously, who we haven't seen. But even like, DJ Jones, man, all these – every name that are on – like each one of these names that are listed, uh, they're going to be good. Like they can play. And that's why they had to keep so many players because they are all talented. And if you are going to go, if you're going to have a surplus at a position – Make it be defensive line, man. Well, it's got to be frustrating on that note as an offensive lineman because it's the same offensive line out there the entire game. And it would be really frustrating to just like watch this defensive line in front of you just constantly rotate and not just rotate, but rotate between good players and and all players that you need to – as an offensive lineman, you need to have studied, you know their play styles. Their moves, what they're good at, what they're not good at, what you can take advantage of. And the the stronger your rotation is, the more disruptive your defense is going to be and the more you're going to shock offensive linemen into not knowing necessarily what they're facing. So it's it really is a ridiculous defensive line. I would probably say probably easily the deepest defensive line in the NFL and uh, pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous. Just think about what Panay Sewell is going to have to go through week one, man. Like this, this should not be your welcome to the NFL. <laughs> uh, going against Nick Bosa for what two series in a row? All right, great. He's tired. Who do you have next? Oh, here comes D Ford. That sucks. Like, who should Sounds have like to do? Forty Niners defensive line is in the background right now, at, at behind you while you're trying to pod. <laughs> she, uh, she is. It is my lovely daughter who has no idea what's going on. Uh, and, <laughs> thankfully, her backpack is as close as possible to the microphone, so. Uh, you should definitely, definitely be doing this right here. <laughs> the, the like the passive aggression coming through <laughs> the microphone—it's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome, but hey, it, it's all good. And yeah, man, I'm trying to see if there's anything. Else. Oh, what I was going to say that I forgot was speaking of not necessarily welcome to the NFL moments, but as if Aaron Rodgers—if there's anybody that knows exactly what they're facing in the 49ers defense—it's Aaron Rodgers. And we just found out today that his All-Pro left tackle David Bakhtiari is not going to—he's going to miss the first like like six games of the season because he's getting put on the pup list, six or eight somewhere in there. And uh, and so he is going to have to get, go presumably against a healthy Nick Bosa, a healthy D Ford, Eric Armstead—you know the works. Uh, without his all-pro left tackle. So whoever's stepping in there, shout out to you because you're going to earn your paycheck that day. Uh, it's going to get ridiculous. So um, it's Elton Jenkins, who's actually really freaking good, but he plays guard. He is a super athlete, so I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. But I wouldn't rule out that you know he plays well. Again, that'll be his third game by the time he gets to play, but you're also going against that Nick Bosa guy, so best of luck. Who's okay? Uh, not bad. Linebackers, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shayir, Demetrius Flanagan, Foles. It's the the crew, the Dash crew, and uh, Dash brothers. Al-Shayir and Flanagan crew. Foles. Let's go. And then we got stepping in for the first time as a linebacker, former 49ers strong safety Marcel Harris, who looked like he didn't miss a beat stepping into that new spot. Uh, I'm sure you saw him flying around the ball during the preseason. And uh, so that's cool, man. The fact that, you know, he 
the the 49ers had a good depth at linebacker between Justin Hilliard, Elijah Sullivan, um, Jonas Griffith, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, they had a lot of depth there. And the fact that Marcel Harris just kind of I, – I, you could tell they like him. They like the yeah. way he plays, and they like what he brings to the field. And for him to just convert – and step right in. Not a hard, not a crazy conversion because a strong safety in a lot of cases is kind of like an extra linebacker on the field, but still impressive nonetheless, man. What'd you think? I think that he was not on the roster in the middle of August, or at least through the first two training, two weeks of training camp. And he just kept getting better and better and just looked more comfortable. You can't teach Marcel Harris's aggressiveness. So, like, that is great to have. And he just looks like he. Plays fast. You can tell he's a safety, so he can cover a little bit, but he can run. Um, and obviously, he hits hard. I think with what D'Amico Ryans wants to do, just as far as getting free runners as blitzers and just being physical, I guess maybe a better way just to be a pain in the ass to offenses is uh, Marcel Harris is perfect for that. So, yeah, Fred Warner, former safety. Trey Greenlaw, former safety. I don't think Aziz Alshire is, but Flanagan Foles, former safety. And now we have Harris, former safety. So, four of the five linebackers. Former safeties get guys who are a little bit undersized, but guys who are also physical, can run, can cover, and can still knock your block off. So um, good for Harris, man. It's awesome that he, he was able to transition you know, somewhat seamlessly. Uh, Flanagan Foles is also a good upcoming player. Would not, uh, would not count him out because he was the next guy up usually when, when Greenlaw went down. So they're going to have options, man. And obviously, you know, you have Fred Warner and Greenlaw at the top, but – uh, I I like this group. I thought they were, you know, the defense line was obviously very well or played very well during the preseason. But I would say the linebackers were were would be one of the next uh, next position groups up as far as ranking the the top position groups. So liked what like what I saw from them a lot. I think it was really encouraging. Yeah, right. And so the only other thing we didn't mention is uh, Jonas Griffith was traded. One of the players who. Probably wasn't going to make the final roster anyways. He was traded to the Broncos. Um, in this coming draft, the 2022 NFL draft, uh, the the Broncos and the 49ers will swap sixth and seventh round picks, which is actually pretty good for the 49ers because I, be- I believe they gave up their sixth rounder this year um, for the Jordan Willis trade. And so now they get that back by swapping it with the seventh, but then they also get a seventh in 2023. So shout out to uh, John Lynch for a little minor uh, flippage there. That's pretty impressive. Um, And then moving on to cornerbacks, interesting little group here. Could be really good. Could be scary. Uh, We'll see. I mean, I guess (laughs) that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it could could be great, could be just fine, could be awesome, could be, oh, shit. Um, Jason Verrett, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, those are your presumed starters right there, along with Kwan Williams in the nickel spot. Then you have rookie Ambry Thomas, rookie Diamador Lenore, and then I don't know if Devontae Harris is a rookie, but he was claimed off the Ravens. He's like a veteran guy, right? Like at least three or four years. Yeah, so he played with the Ravens and he played with the um, the Broncos. So he he's actually played quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's he's not new. I think you just kind of by having a veteran who has experience, you avoid the uh, the Brian Allen fiasco. You avoid um, when guys are. And shout out to you, down. Brian Allen, man, because we're going to keep bringing you up for a long time, and yep. I'm sorry about that. Yep, it's uh, nothing you did wrong. Uh, well, it actually has a lot to do with what you did wrong. However, okay. um, <laughs> you're just going to have to be the example, unfortunately. But I I am interested. I guess the real question is, 
based on what we saw. So Ambry Thomas was not good in preseason. He was not good at practice. We don't have to pretend that was the case. Is there Was there any chance that he would have been cut? Because it would have been tough for him to play worse. However, he was the highest draft pick, um, obviously, of the cornerbacks that we're talking about between him, him and Lenore. And you, you're not really going to move on from a rookie like that. But I thought Lenore thoroughly outplayed him, like convincingly outplayed him. So he's going to be the next guy up. And that that's kind of how the rotations went as well. But, yeah, if, if Mosley or Verrett do go down, or even K1, because it's not like he uh, – you know, he has a gr- a healthy history. But Lenore did play a little bit in the slot during the last game. And I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, – to me, based on that one game, I thought uh, Lenore is more of an outside corner. So it'll be interesting. Again, none of this may matter because of who they have up front. Right. Yeah, you're hoping it doesn't. And you're just hoping these guys stay healthy. Obviously, I want to see Jason Verrett's story continue to blossom into – Again, my uh, my bold prediction was uh, was it Pro Bowl Jason Verrett or All Pro Pro Bowl oh, Jason Verrett? Oh, let's step it up and go All Pro. Okay, let's make it even more bold and now say Jason Verrett is going All Pro. Um, and kind of surprising to me was cutting Dante Johnson. And it's not that I think that Dante Johnson is starting material, but he's been in this defense for a long time. He's a veteran guy. He can pretty much step up at any spot. And so I figured they'd keep him around, but maybe they kind of felt like Devontae Harris was uh, a slightly better version of, of all those features. Yeah, uh, you know. I would imagine so. Right, right. So they've got rid of Dante Johnson, but hey, you know, he, he's probably coming back. Oh, <laughs> he's either no sticking on the practice squad or he'll get signed by another team and released and the 49ers will re-sign him. By the uh, time people are listening to this, Maurice Hurst is going to go on the IR. And Dante Johnson will be resigned. <laughs> right. Book it. Right. I know. It's so true. How old um, is Dante Johnson, by the way? 38. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would guess 29, 28, 29. So, let, me, let me look it up right now on my computer that has a brand new EVGA RTX 3070 Ti graphics card. Just a little subtle flex. Wow. For, for anybody in the know, um, so, he's so 29. Be, yeah, he'll be 30 by the end of the year, by the end of the season. Uh, so Harris is 26. So yeah, just like what a, a few years younger. But I, I I know he played a lot with the Broncos. I believe it was in it was either 18 or 19. Um, so yeah, he has experience. And whew, again, I imagine they they're counting on him not playing, but they would feel comfortable knowing a guy has experience. But yeah, Dante Johnson, goodbye for now. We'll see you soon. I know. We will see you soon. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm going to celebrate that when he comes back. All right. Moving on to safeties, which is a pretty great little group. You have Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, Talanoa Hufanga, and Tavon Wilson. Pretty much outside of Jimmy Ward, I mean, I think that he's obviously the best person at free safety because he's just become so damn good. I just wouldn't feel uncomfortable with any of those guys on the field. That is the first time you can say that about the 49ers safety group, I feel like, in a while. Yeah, I think that's probably true. If we went back through each 53-man roster over the years and what they kept out the gate, this is probably the first time where you're like, fuck, man, find a way to put all four of them out there. (laughs) They're all pretty talented players. Everything we've seen from Ufunga, you're wondering, like, this dude has to play. Like, he has to be on the field. Um he does a lot of good things. I, there were a couple of plays that stood out where 
He started in one spot. And then the range, you would not like you would think that he run he ran faster than he tested just based on the the amount of ground he covered. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what Ryan's has in store for him, man. Is he going to use him early and often? Is, is he just going to be like a special teamer? But based on everything that we've seen during August, man, um, just get him on the field, let him do it all, let him be versatile. I would honestly trust Hufunga more than the the fourth cornerback. I guess after Verrett. Mosley and K1. Like I feel stronger that with Hufunga on the field as opposed to even maybe Lenore, which which feels like a hot take because I really do like Lenore. But um yeah, Hufunga is just a baller. He's he's a really good football player. And I, I think I like him more than Tavon Wilson, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's a rookie and he's got he seems like very well liked. He seems like he's in the mindset that you want him to be in. And you know, it's not that he's infallible. He obviously has his moments as any rookie would. But he just seems like a dude that just kind of plays with, you know, the age-old cliche of his hair on fire. And he's just going to find a way to be around the ball. And anybody who does that, plays will eventually come your way. Like, the best example I can show, give you of that that everybody's going to know is Navarro Bowman's pick six, pick six at Candlestick Park. Like, the dude blitzed and got blocked and was like, eh, I'll just run towards the ball. And then the ball fell into his lap and he freaking took it to six. So I could see stuff kind of like that just being a part of Hufanga's game because the dude just seems like he's just never going to slow down and he's going to find a way to be around the ball and that like I said stuff just happens he seems I, like a forced fumble guy I think he jumped uh Tavon Wilson on the depth chart too so uh right you yep. watch the because game, Tavon right? Wilson was stepping in for Tart basically all training camp right so yeah and during just based on this last game Hufanga was in with the starters and with the twos, and then he came out. Tart played longer because you know he hasn't played at all, so they want to just get him reps. But t- once Tart left, then Tavon Wilson came in. So it was Haha and Tavon Wilson as the last safeties to end the game before uh, Kai Nukai and Jared Maiden. I forgot his name before the last two came in at the end of the game. But Tavon Wilson was playing into the end of the third quarter and even the beginning of the fourth quarter, which tells us. Uh, the team is very, very high in Funga because at first it was Wilson who was rolling with the starters, and uh, that is no longer the case. Right. And, then, uh, and then, you know, not that, you know, everybody there in that group beat out someone like Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who's who's not obviously not bad. Now he was signed off the street, as they say, but at the same time, you know, he made a play in the preseason, got an interception. You know, it would it seemed like it'd be easy for the team to say, okay, guy that, you know, highly drafted guy, maybe he'll he'll click better with us than he has in the past. And but both Hufanga and Wilson have done good enough throughout this offseason to kind of just get them to forget about everybody else. Even even uh even Kai out there had some pretty impressive little plays here and there in the preseason, but you know, in the end when you're talking about a roster as deep as the 49ers, you can't just go, you know, you can't it, it gets tight for these other positions, especially when you know you need to keep 11 defensive linemen. <laughs> Right. Because they're because they're that good, and they have to like. It sounds like you're being sarcastic there, but they really had to keep all those guys. They did, yeah, one hundred percent. I would have been upset if they didn't, because every single one. Of, and it, it, you know, it's a philosophy thing too. There's the 49ers feel this way, and so many NFL teams feel this way. It's it's all about the defensive front, and it, and it's the same way on the offensive line too. Like a, a defensive line makes a defense go just on a, like an offensive line does for the offense. So 
if there's one position where you just make sure you've got all your heavy guns, it's defensive line. And man, I'm looking for after what they did throughout this preseason. Like I am really looking forward to them in the season when you don't hold anything back and every game you just you just turn them loose. So fun times. Anyways, cannot last, but certainly <laughs> not least, Robbie. Yeah, the Robbie, the other Robbie that you guys get to hear about. Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, who had a 70 freaking five yard punt against the Raiders. What an absolute beast, absolute unit. And then we have Tabor Peppers, who I just found out not only has a cool name, but it's like 6'4, 240 pounds. Like, what a speaking of absolute units. So, and then you got Robbie Gould's old ass, like just kind of, just kind of stands <laughs> around. <Gould's> old ass. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, when do you guys need me? When do you guys need me to kick, kick? I'm going to be over here. Oh, you know, 40 year olds. Yeah. But hey, if he keeps making them, which he's done pretty, pretty regularly, then whatever you need, man, like you tell me. Um, any surprises with this group, KP? No, I would say that just looking at the cuts around the NFL today, it's no guarantee that, you know, if you're a day three pick, you're going to make the roster. We saw like fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, a ton of those guys get cut today. So I think it's a testament to guys like Jalen Moore, guys like Ufunga, guys like uh, D'Amador Lenore to make this roster over veteran proven players. So good on them. I think we should point that out that uh, this rookie class looks pretty promising. Oh, yeah, and that quarterback guy. And that quarterback guy. He's got a chip finger. Oh, my God. They were like, you know it's not a big deal when they're like, Trey Lance has a chip finger. He'll be out for seven days. You're like, all right, so next weekend? They're like, <laughs> right. yeah, okay. And mind you, they're they're only practicing Wednesday and Thursday, so he's only missing two practices. Right. And it's definitely one of those things where he should just get on the mic and be like, if if we were playing football today, I, I'd be playing. Yeah. You know, like that. Oh, yeah, I love when they say that. If we were playing today, I'd be out there. I'd be like, all right, man, but that's, we're not. So it's such an on. August thing, and I'm so glad we don't have to do that anymore. I know, and I didn't even hear it that many times, which is great. The 49ers, um, look, I have a genuine wooden desk. I'm knocking on it. You know, if there's one kind of great thing to take from this entire offseason, obviously there weren't casualties. Uh, there weren't not casualties. You had uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., you have forgetting his name, the safety. That, Tony Jefferson. No, Torres ACL. Oh, Tarvarius. Tarvarius Moore, who's on the pup Tar- list, which is a good, which is a great news, right? Right. Well, I mean, it the means season they, isn't it over. Means they, yeah, they think that there's a chance. So you're telling me there's right. a chance. So, you know, the 49ers didn't come away unscathed, but pretty healthy offseason for the most part, compared to some of the things we've seen in the years past. So hopefully that transfers over into the season because I'm telling you, man, if this team can stay healthy, whether or not it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance riding it out, like they can do wonderful things. And uh, hopefully they get the chance to do that because there is an element of randomness to it, an element of luck. And when the 49ers just had a shade of good luck, they went all the way to the show. So, and, and that's really all it is. It's when Jimmy G didn't try to truck a defender along the sideline, <laughs> they went to the Super Bowl. And then in preseason, he tries to truck a linebacker and an offense and a defensive lineman. Like, dude, I understand that you're a competitive guy and you want to flex your jawline on everybody, but Jimmy, come on, bro. Like, save that flexing for Tinder, Jimmy. 
I know, man. If it was a game-winning touchdown in the regular season, I feel it. I'm in there, man. I, I love it. But you know, to 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 go ahead in preseason, eh, it's just hard, bro. Because you know, it's just the fire that they already got in them. That's how they got to this place in the beginning. And you're just asking them. Anyways, I'm it's, going to. It's, it's very easy for us to be like, throw it in the 10th row. Get rid of it. Because you, as an athlete, as a player, two yards away, you're going to want to score a touchdown in any situation. That's right. just you're how they're wired. The yep. You're looking at it. It's right there. It's right there. But anyways, I'm kind of just scrolling through this roster. I don't think. There's that necessarily anything we missed. There isn't really anything, no hot takes, no nothing for the most part, relatively unfolded, kind of how I thought it would. Um, again, very, very good roster, capable of making some serious, serious waves if everything goes all right. So I don't know, man, any last uh, any last takes from you? No, man. Um, hopefully Aaron Banks gets, gets healthy and gets a chance. But I, I want to see how that right guard plays out over the season. I want to see uh, who takes that third down back role. And I, I want to see, obviously, the secondary stay healthy because I think they get a bad rap. Speaking of, like, just Tartan Ward. And I, th- I think if, if they just stay healthy, man, they, this of all, like, this is going to be the year where balls just, like, passes just fall in their lap. So, um, right. Yeah, I want to yeah. see. I want to see them them ball out for sure. All right. Well, shit. Love you guys out there. Hopefully, you enjoyed our quick little. Uh, I say quick, but here comes the forty five minute mark. Uh, our little fifty three man roster breakdown. You know, any questions, any thoughts, any any passionate feelings? Throw them our way on Twitter. We always like hearing from you guys. Um, thank you again. As always, thank you for listening this far. If you're still listening, that means you've reached the end, and I appreciate it. Make sure you are uh, rating, subscribing, downloading, all that good stuff that you can do to support uh, Striking Gold and the Blue Wire Network. Um, but for another episode, that's KP. I'm Rob, and this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.